When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Nurse, beautiful move to the net. Great shot, score! And Edmonton completes a dramatic comeback! Riley takes the step, settles into the pocket. He's got some time. Now he's going deep, looking down the sidelines. Oh, what a catch! And that's going to be a touchdown all the way to the end zone for Darrell Walker, an absolute bomb. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. So we were just talking about Cooper Marodi as we wrapped up overtime open line and the Oilers have announced he has been assigned to the Bakersfield Condors. Marodi up for the last four games, or he played in the last four games for the Oilers. 3.15 of ice time against Calgary last Saturday, 12-12 against Vegas, played 4.59 against San Jose on Tuesday, just 3.19 today. So Cooper Marodi assigned to the Bakersfield Condors. We shall see who, if anyone, comes up from the farm for the Edmonton Oilers. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. It is 6.08. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30, Chad. So Edmonton just beaten 2-1 in overtime by the Anaheim Ducks. Man, I don't know if you heard the uh, stat earlier. In four of the last games between the Oilers and Ducks, going back to that Game 5 disaster on May 5th, 2017, the Ducks have scored late to tie it and send it into overtime. Three goals in the last three minutes and 16 seconds in that overtime game. The Ducks won 4-3 in double overtime. February 25th of this year, two goals in the last 21 seconds to force overtime, though Edmonton did win 6-5 in a shootout. March 25th, they scored with a minute 29 left to tie it and beat the Oilers 5-4 in overtime. And then obviously today, they tie it with 16.2 ticks to go and uh, then get the game winner from Raquel just 14 seconds into the extra session so the Oilers fall to 10-10-2 on the season. Here's what's going on in the NHL right now. 2-0 Vegas leading Calgary with 11 minutes left in the third. The Wild beat the Jets 4-2. In overtime the Sabres knock off the Canadians 3-2. Jeff Skinner got the game winner his 17th of the season. The Islanders beat the Devils 4-3 in overtime. Matthew Barzell got the game winner his third goal of the year. In the second period Maple Leafs and Blue Jackets tied 2-2 in the first period, lightning up 3-1 on the Blackhawks. No score between Pittsburgh and Boston. No score between the Panthers and the Hurricanes. Just getting underway, three games. Avalanche and Coyotes, Predators and Blues, Senators and Stars, Canucks and Sharks. Later, the Flyers shut out the Rangers 4-0. Capitals won at home 3-1 over Detroit. Grey Cup, Sunday, Ottawa, Calgary. Of course, we will continue 
talking about the Grey Cup uh, as we move along tonight. A lot of stories, some hockey talk as well. Daryl Sador, Edmonton native, former NHL defenseman, won the Cup in 1999 with the Dallas Stars, coached by Ken Hitchcock. He's going to pop on as well. I want to remind you that some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down-home Southern comfort food to Edmonton along with other tasty treats. Salivate over the menu at northchickenyeg.com. Well, we had a lot of fun over the last couple of days. We were on location at the 630 Chet Information Center right in the heart of the 2018 Great Cup Festival. Jasper Ave from about uh, 99th down all the way, uh, almost all the way to 95th. And one of the guests we had on was Anthony LeBlanc. He is the uh, founding partner of Maritime Football. And they have announced their name. And they are going to go with the Atlantic Schooners. The Atlantic Schooners, based in Halifax, will be the name of the proposed and likely to be one day 10th franchise in the Canadian Football League. One of the things they need, well, they got a name. Of course, they're going to need players and coaches and all that kind of stuff. They really need a stadium. They want to build a 22 to 26,000 stadium in Halifax, but they're still working on that. Had, had LeBlanc on Inside Sports last night, and he talked about paying for the stadium find, you know, outside of markets like New York and maybe Los Angeles, facilities like sports stadiums that are built without some form of public involvement. You know, just, you know, watching the Dallas Cowboys game uh, this afternoon, everyone thinks, oh, Jerry Jones built that. Sure he did, with probably half of it coming from the public sector. So, you know, and and the reason is, these facilities are more than just football stadiums. Um, You know, from Halifax's point of view, they've looked at doing major events in the past, like when the FIFA Women's World Cup came through, they didn't have a stadium. They looked at Commonwealth Games in the past, they didn't have a stadium. So, you know, the, the question isn't so much should there be public involvement. The question is more along the lines: What's the risk um, tolerance level that government has? And it's probably very similar to our risk tolerance level. So, you know, we've put together a plan that we think is is elegant because of the fact that it's not drawing from current tax funds. It's you know the creation of things. Well, actually, we went to school on 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 the arena here with a tax increment financing plan uh, where property tax that are generated go back into the project and then some car rental taxes and hotel taxes so the good news is you know in a region like nova scotia which is looking for you know more doctors and nurses and things like that we're not taking one cent out of dollars that are being generated for those types of things and that's really the big story to watch there if if the cfl is going to add this franchise what happens with the stadium uh but they do have a name the uh, Atlantic Schooners, that was the name that uh, they were going to go back with the uh, use for the team in Halifax uh, back that they wanted to get going in the 80s that never got off the ground. So uh, they do stick with that, and they are going to be called the Atlantic Schooners as they want to make it a regional team and try to get people from all over the Maritimes to come to their uh, 10 home games per year. So there we go. We'll keep an eye on that as we go along. I, I know this has sort of been something that, CFL observers have wanted for a long time that, well, I mean, we had eight teams for a while, finally got a team back in Ottawa, and finally to have a team in the Maritimes make it truly coast-to-coast and the potential to balance the divisions, to have two five-team divisions. The thing is, a lot of people, and I'm one of them, have been saying, well, we need to scrap the divisions. We don't need the divisions anymore. There's no mystique to the East-West matchup. Everybody plays everybody during the regular season. If you put in a 10th team, the, why have divisions? You have everybody plays each other twice. There's your 18 games. It's totally balanced. Just let the top six teams 
into the playoffs, and that would get rid of this crossover. And a lot of times in recent years, the East team has been hosting a, a West crossover team that has a better record. So the team with the the weaker record has has been getting a home game. Well, Randy Ambrosi, the commissioner of the CFL, gave his State of the League address today, and he talked about going to one division. Now, he, I should say he has not been a supporter of this in the past. I think we have to have that discussion this winter because I know there's enough interest amongst the teams to have the discussion, and that's the way it should be. And I think we should talk to our fans, which I did last year. In fact, uh, uh, I was asked if I would go back on the road this winter and do another series of uh, a fan uh, town halls and really get the fans feedback on the issue. So I'm planning on doing that again this winter. You know, we're, we're always torn between these two different competing, these competing paradigms. One is this great tradition of Can- in Canada of East versus West and how fantastic that has been. You know, I remember as a kid, you know, those little great cup pool tickets and you got, you know, you got your score for the, you know, for the East and your score for the West. and. And, uh, and that's how I grew up. Uh, I also think that when, not if, when our 10th you know, uh, franchise lands in Halifax, the idea of two five-team conferences is very compelling with an unbalanced schedule and creating more, you know, creating more intense competition within each conference. And having two balanced conferences would be, would be very cool in that way. I've said that I thought it would be better to, to see, uh, to help Anthony and, and Gary and Bruce get this project completed and and, um, and get this team before we make that decision. Uh, but I think we should have a consultation with our teams and our fans this winter to see what kind of appetite there is to uh, to change the format. Or maybe there's a maybe there's a, a more creative way of doing this that we haven't thought of yet. So we should we should definitely look at that. It's it's very interesting, Ambrosi, and he's been very good about saying he wants to talk to fans. He's also been very good about when he decides something, he decides it. He does it, and that's the way it is, though he seems to be very open-minded. And the, the little comment he made at the end, if he's saying, I wonder if there's something else we could do here, I, I think he already has that in mind. I, I think he already has that in mind, so remember that as we go forward here that someday Randy's going to tell everybody what he's actually thinking about this because I, I, I'm pretty sure he has uh, his own unique way to look at this and I think it does involve keeping the divisions. He, he's not going to get rid of the divisions and have one 10-team league so just, just remember that he threw that in at the end whenever the Atlantic schooners do get up and running and we have to make a decision about a 10-team league or a league with two five-team divisions. By the way, your feedback is always welcome at 780-496-0063. You can text me at 630-630. We have a lot to get to tonight. Uh, you'll hear from Ken Hitchcock after the Oilers' loss in Anaheim. Nate Ajay, receiver for the Edmonton Eskimos, is our, our guest Grey Cup Festival reporter. He will check in and do... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Errol Sador as well, 1999 Stanley Cup champion with the Dallas Stars, with Ken Hitchcock is scheduled to join us too. We're back after the break. 
This is JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6:30 Chad. Classic Leopard. Thank you, Kellen Kennedy. How are you doing, by the way, buddy? Doing great, man. Busy day today. Good day. Been a great week. It's going to be an awesome weekend with a great football game to cap things off. I got a text to 630-630 from Mike. He says, Reed, any inclination on what the schooner's colors would be? Personally, the storm has a better ring to it for the Atlantic team. I was just checking on Twitter from the announcement. They don't have any uh, jerseys or anything like that pictured as far as I can tell. So I don't know what the colors would be. Uh, I'm just trying to look through here. Yeah, it looks like it's pretty generic stuff at the moment. And I imagine they would do colors and jersey later on once they actually have a franchise. I mean, it, it is still technically a proposed franchise. I was talking to a coworker today. One of these, uh, one of these kids, Kellen. One of these millennials. Okay. That don't actually have any book knowledge. <laughs> they read things on the tablets and the iPods and such. But he says to me, "Why are they naming their team after a large jug of beer?" And I said, "No, a scooter is a type of boat." So I looked up the exact definition. A schooner is a type of sailing vessel with fore and aft sails on two or more masts. The most common type has two masts, the foremast being shorter than the main. Well, I've often been told my foremast is shorter than the main. So I guess I would fit right in on that franchise. Yar. So there you go. 624. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Yes, you can text 630-630-780-496-0063. Randy Ambrosi, CFL Commissioner, speaking today. One of the other things he's been uh, pushing for, considering, is starting the season earlier. Now, it did this year because they added a a bye week, so it was a 21-week season instead of a 20-week season. Every team got a third bye week, but he has been talking about potentially moving the Grey Cup up by a week, maybe two weeks. I mean, I I know from talking to some of you, early November, let's do it in October, while other people say uh, just leave it it where it is. Well, he addressed that a bit today. In in our uh, request for 2020 Grey Cup bids, We've actually asked the teams to uh, to bid uh, one week earlier than than uh, they have been bidding in the past, and so that is actually the move is afoot, and that came as a result of uh, of uh, our friendship and partnership with with TSN and RDS. We we work together at how would we make this work because this is a. Uh, this is something we want to do together with our partners and and be and and make sure when we're moving in lockstep. So for 2020, we've talked about and asked the teams to bid for one week earlier, and uh, and that's the basis on which those bids were submitted. and um, And I think that's encouraging. And you know, it's a it's a step in the right direction. Remember that Grey Cup, uh, in I think until the late 50s, was actually played in uh, in December. So, you know, it's not as though the date we currently have has been, you know, baked in for 105 great cups now 106 great cups. We have moved it, and I think it's a it's a good idea to keep looking at that. And I know in particular cities like here in Edmonton and and in and in Regina um, and in Winnipeg, it's a particularly important issue for them and um, and something that we're committed to uh, to talking with with them about. 
Well, I'll tell you what, the weather doesn't look like it's going to be an issue this November 25th in Edmonton. Should be right around zero for a high on Grey Cup Sunday. Obviously, it'll uh, cool off as the sun will be down for most of the game. Oh, Kellen, we're going to make our uh, guaranteed-to-be-correct Grey Cup predictions later on on the show tonight. You ready for that? Lovely. And because it is the, the we always do this the Friday before a big football game. So we do Super Bowl and we do Grey Cup. The 14 630 Ched listeners can text in their exact score predictions. Now, again, if you're right, we celebrate it on Monday. If you happen to be not accurate with your prediction, it's, we just lose it. Just never happened. So you have nothing to lose by texting 630-630. We'll update the NHL scoreboard when we get back. I can tell you that Vegas is trying to close out Calgary. They're up 2-0 with three and a half minutes left. And we will talk to Diane Greeno. You know that name, the outgoing coach of the Eskimos cheer team. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. All right, Vegas is going to beat Calgary 2-0 through the Golden Knights with 5.3 seconds left in the third. Obviously, earlier today on 6.30, Chad, you heard the Edmonton Oilers allow a late goal and lose in overtime 2-1 to the Ducks. After the game, Cooper Marodi assigned back to the Bakersfield Condors. Capitals knocked off the Red Wings 3-1. Flyers shut out the Rangers 4-0. In the first period, 1-1 between the Senators and the Stars. St. Louis is up 1-0 on Nashville. Avalanche already lead the Coyotes 3-0. After the first, Carolina with a one-zip edge on the Panthers. And also after the first... Tampa Bay 4, Chicago 1. Penguins and Bruins scoreless in the second period. Blue Jackets lead the Maple Leafs 3-2 late in the second. Islanders over the Devils 4-3 in overtime. Sabres over the Canadians 3-2 in overtime. The match, as it has been called, and if you ever listen to the show, you know I love golf and I love watching the majors. I was not personally overly interested in this, the uh, $9 million match play contest in Las Vegas between Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods. They It was, it was match play, so they went to a 22nd hole, and Mickelson finally won on the uh, fourth extra hole. So there's the update on that. Okay, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. My name is Reed Wilkins, and I am very pleased to welcome to the show the longtime head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos cheer team, Diane Greeno. Diane, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, thanks for making time for me tonight. I, I know it's a, it's a very busy weekend for you. What does Grey Cup Week mean for you? It means a lot of fun, a lot of friendship, and a lot of performances. Uh, we start Wednesday and do about 50 performances over the whole weekend, from parades to pregame and halftime shows, from Spirit of Edmonton Breakfast, to everything that's going on. And it's such a great time. I'm going to miss this part of it absolutely for sure. Okay. Well, this is uh, obviously your final. Was this 24 years you did the, the cheer team? 23 years since I joined the Eskimos, yep. Amazing. And and wasn't it you in back in 97 when the game was here, you kind of upped the participation of the cheer teams? Tell me about that. Yeah, I came uh, on board in 96, and Edmonton was in the Grey Cup. It was against Toronto in, in Hamilton. I got there, and there was nobody there, and all these party rooms, and no cheerleaders there, and nothing going on. And I said to Hugh Campbell, what's 
going on? There's, can we be in the parade? Can we do this? How can I get all these volunteer CFL cheerleaders at the time involved in this process? And by fluke, Edmonton was hosting Grey Cup the next year. So it allowed me a stepping stone to say, I want to set up um, getting them into all the breakfast, into the parade. Uh, and I want to have a CFL cheer extravaganza for them so we can celebrate the diversity of cheer across this country and celebrate all these great uh, cities and, and their cheer teams. And he said, sure, go for it. Um, I convinced him to talk to all the different GMs and owners to find a way to get them all here. We got them in uh, at Edmonton House at the time and set up parties and everything for them. Just had a wonderful weekend celebrating all their entire season. And the TF Cheer, Cheer Extravaganza was born. I, I feel, Diane, like you really up the ante for cheer teams. And I, I, I have been an Eskimo season ticket holder since 1997. And when the cheer team performs, it is just that. It is a performance. It is choreographed. There is, there is dancing. There is uh, a sort of a gymnastics element to it. There are, you know, lifts and, and shows of strength and agility. And obviously there's music going on. It's not just a bunch of people with pom-poms, you know, gently swaying back and forth and yelling, go Eskimos over and over again. It seems to me that you elevated that for the whole league. Is that fair? Yeah, I started working at Victoria School in the late 70s, early 80s, and was trying to find something for young girls to do to get them doing something productive. They seemed to be interested in dance. I learned about acrobatic stunting and discovered it was a way to teach values and skills to kids, uh, life skills that they could use, commitment, teamwork, responsibility, uh, just all the different leadership, all the skills I thought they needed. And I wanted to show women as athletes. And so I started that out at Victoria School early in, early in the uh, late 70s. And, uh, and then in the 90s, I was asked to coach the Eskimos. And, and by 96, I realized this was something I, I did have time to do. Our own children were growing. And it gave me a wonderful vehicle to promote acrobatic cheerleading um, as a sport and showing it as more than just uh, girls in, in uh, scantily clad outfits and really show them as athletes. And it's been such an amazing uh, vehicle and an amazing location for the sport of cheer to grow throughout Western Canada. And I'm so excited about the fact that it's now a provisional sport in the Olympics. And so people around the world have recognized that it's more than just uh, girls with pom-poms. And uh, that's something I'm very, very proud of. And, and to see the other CFL teams up their games once we started really rolling on it has been just something I'm very proud of. Did you have a background in anything um, like dance, gymnastics, or cheer yourself when you were younger? Volleyball and basketball were my games. I was going to coach the Canadian Women's National Volleyball Team. That was my goal. And uh, when I went to Victoria School, that wasn't their need. So I did have dance. I think every young girl has dance and gymnastics in their background. So I had that as a base. I was a teacher. And so I was willing to learn about it so basically after i saw it when we took a group to california i threw some high school students in a car and we went to washington and i learned how to do it so by 1980 i was figuring out what was going on and by 1990 i was blessed to go down to the states to teach others how to do it and judge down there and so it was a real quick turnaround and kids 
school graduated from Vic went on and coached in other schools, and it was a beautiful process of, of the sport growing across the province and across Western Canada. Diane Greeno joining us on Inside Sports, the uh, outgoing head coach for the Eskimos cheer team. You know, I've, I've always wondered about this, and I'm, I'm going to ask you, and I hope it doesn't sound like an incredibly stupid question, <laughs> but I think you'll understand why I'm asking you. Does the term cheerleader bother you? Because they're always called members of the Eskimos cheer team, not cheerleaders, at least as far right. as I know. Yeah, I think using the term cheer team or acrobatic cheer team allows a little bit of taking away from the stereotype. I think it's a stereotype that will forever be linked or connected with it. But it's something I've, I've fought for the last 40 years, trying to change the image and the look and... Kids love doing it, and I think in the end, as a teacher and as a mom, I think that's the most important thing, finding something that young girls and fellas want to do that makes them happy, if it's going to keep them in school and keep them off the streets and keep them making good choices, um, it's a wonderful thing to do. With Eskimos, I was able to use Eskimos, the, the cheer team as a vehicle for them to learn about great causes, teaching them about the value of kids with cancer or cystic fibrosis campaigns and they developed as they were coming through Eskimos something that they really felt an affinity to and have left the Eskimos at the age of 24 now with a cause that they'll carry through their life and the volunteer work and the, the giving back to the community is such an important part of this process because really when it's all over they're not going to do a toe touch or a or a stunt on the street but they will learn the value of representing their city, representing their community, and volunteering their time to help make life a little bit better for others. So this just turned out to be the most amazing vehicle. And I hope I've helped the stereotype go away a little bit, but uh, I'm just happy and proud to have had this opportunity with the Eskimos for such a long time. Why is now the right time to step away, Diane? I am very blessed that I, I stepped away from teaching at Victoria School after 35 years, and I opened up um, a, a, a gym called Perfectorn Athletics, and it's, it's a cheer, acrobatic cheer and gymnastics facility, and one opened in Edmonton, and a few years later in Lethbridge, and then we followed that up with Sherwood Park and Calgary. So I have four gyms along with uh, my husband and Leanne Livingston, and it's taking up a considerably large amount of my time. And uh, I just found that as I move along in my years, that I want to really make sure that the young kids for the future um, will be set up and so I can continue to make sure these, these goals I have for teaching young kids values that I think they can carry their whole life continues. I've nurtured and trained a number of uh, gals in their 20s, and it's their turn. If they, get, they can now have a chance to take this to another place uh, for me to have the best in town for 23 years at Eskimo Games, I feel very, very blessed. So I will go back to my season tickets from the 55-yard line that I clung to for the last 23 years <laughs> and enjoy the game as a fan because first and foremost, I love football. Well, well said. I got a text here to our line at 6.30, This listener says, great job, Diane. You've paved the way to awesomeness at the Grey Cup. So that, that's, that's, that's great to hear. And I, and I know so many Eskimos fans, Edmontonians, and I think people across the country appreciate your hard work. Hey, enjoy the weekend. Dare I ask you who's going to win on Sunday? <laughs> you know, I, I'm all about Alberta. So, so I, it's Calgary's turn, and I hope they get a chance to celebrate uh, this. So 
I, I feel I feel Alberta strong. I'm not one of those ABC people. I just I just want to have a great football game, and uh, I think Calgary's had lots of struggles, so it's their turn. Diane, it's awesome you came on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to get to talk to you. Thanks for telling your story, and again, oh, congratulations on, on everything you were able to accomplish. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. That is Diane Greeno checking in today, the uh, outgoing head coach of the Eskimos cheer team. So over two decades in that role, told you how she got it started. And uh, definitely, you know what? I, I should say this because I, I'm the guy, Kellen, that mocks the super dogs. And I always say I don't care about i'm not one of those people to watch the boston pizza shuffle or the thing in the end zone where the guy tries to find the is blindfolded and tries to find the person holding the pro like i know they're going mm-hmm. on but i actually do watch the cheer team because they you could tell they work so hard and are so precise in in their choreography and are so athletic and polished that i enjoy that as a performance so that, that is so i'm not just this crusty old black-hearted miser that just dislikes everything about everything. Although that would be a cool wrestling gimmick for you. <laughs> the Esky Miser. <laughs> you can, you can turn anything into wrestling. We're talking about the cheer team. It, Kellen somehow makes it a wrestling reference. Not bad. Okay, here's what we're going to do. Uh, people are, are texting in their predictions to 630-630, but you have to sign your name to it. Because I can't give you credit on Monday for being right if I, I we don't know who you are. So you don't have to put your full name, but put a uh, first name or something you want to be known by. Some people use handles on the text line. That's fine uh, as long as, as you're consistent. Uh, somebody's saying Ottawa 24, Calgary 20. Jay Bueller says Ottawa 39, Calgary 17. And uh, somebody else says Calgary 34, Ottawa 26. Daryl says, I believe the blue nose that's on the dime is a schooner. Absolutely correct. The Atlantic Schooners will be the name of the CFL team in Halifax once that gets uh, up and running. And Jordy says, if I can somehow win the lottery, I make a promise to all Oilers fans that I will buy out Luch's contract. Jordy, that's kind of you. It would still count against the cap, though, the buyout. (laughs) But... You are a kind man, Jordy. 780-496-0063 is the phone number. You can text 630-630 back after the break. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630-CHAD Inside Sports. This is going to be the song the Atlantic Schooners run out to when they play their home games in Halifax. No, this bit coming up here will be their touchdown theme. Well, this is going to be the touchdown song. Come sail away. <laughs> All right. Well, could be. What other maritime themed songs do we have? Last Saskatchewan Pirate. <laughs> I don't think they'll use that one. I don't think they'll use that one either. I don't think the Atlantic Scooters are going to honor Saskatchewan with their touchdown song or their intro song. But what's, I mean, I know there are songs by Atlantic bands, but what songs are about sailing <laughs> or water? I can never, th- I can't think off the top of my head. 
Well, nautical disaster by the tragically hip, but probably won't use that. They won't use that one either. <laughs> no, they're just gonna go dark. Okay, wow, we're getting a lot of great cup predictions now. Oh, Sam G texted in. My prediction and my hope, Ottawa 27, Calgary 19. That's from Sam G. Trucker Rick, who says, if I win the lottery tonight, no more Trucker Rick. Season ticket holder Rick has a better ring to it. He's taking Calgary 31, Red Blacks 27. So I, I got a feeling somebody's going to nail it. We've never had a listener nail the score. Frustrated fan who in 2015 said the Eskimos after Labor Day would lose every remaining game in the season. They won every remaining game in the season. I always bug frustrated fan about that, and I'm sure he hates me for it. Ottawa 30, Calgary 20. We'll get to more predictions as we go along. This is fun. Fun night to do predictions. The Oil Kings are in action tonight. 1-1 in Moose Jaw. Second period about to start. Of course, the uh, Oilers lost 2-1 in overtime this afternoon to the Anaheim Ducks. Our features reporter at 6.30 Chet is the very talented Morgan Black, and she's been working hard all week churning out features about the Grey Cup and Grey Cup-related topics, and one of the things going on at the festival this year is a big eSports tournament. The Grey Cup Festival Report is brought to you by Nate Continuing Education. Visit nate.ca slash coned. These players need skill, accuracy, and drive. But I'm not talking about football. For 6.30 Ched, I'm Morgan Black. It's the first eSports tournament to run alongside a professional sports tournament in Canada. The Grey Cup Festival eSports tourney will feature eight teams made up of 40 competitors playing video game League of Legends. High Score eSports is putting on the tournament. Owner Stephen Noel takes you through the game. So League of Legends is a PC-based game, so it's played on a computer. It's a The genre, if you will, is called MOBA, and what that stands for is Multi-Online Battle Arena. So all it is is five versus five, and all these people are composed of people who are, say, really strong, or someone who does a lot of damage, or someone who can heal them. And together they work together and try to beat the other team and destroy their base. You're welcome to pop by to watch the tournament as it'll have a seating and viewing area. We're going to have a big tent on the Grey Cup Festival site. We're going to have stage, screen, uh, casting team catching all the plays, uh, seating and viewing area for all the people that are coming through the festival to check out. The inclusion of the gaming tournament is bringing the digital world to the Grey Cup Festival. Yeah, they just want to see where this industry is going and give it a chance at the Grey Cup Festival to try something else and try something new, bring some digital content to the festival, and then going forward, making this something that happens up at the festival in each city that it approaches. So it gives the Grey Cup Festival and the CFL a chance to see what it would be like maybe to run like a league within, like an esports league within the CFL, per se, or direction to go now that esports is coming into the professional sports level. The tournament runs till Saturday. I'm Morgan Black on your home for the Grey Cup Festival, 6.30 Ched. All right, more great work by Morgan. I, I find this whole esports concept very interesting. As a child, Kellen, I can remember getting an Intellivision. Wow. The luxury of playing video games in the comfort of your own home. I never thought people could make money doing it. And, and now apparently people go to watch 
which I also find very interesting. I'm not sure if, if uh, I, I would I would go watch, but uh, good for them if they do have a following for sure. Share Bear with a nominee for Text of the Night. Uh-oh. Can't stand the name Atlantic Schooners. Sounds like people driving scooters. And any song by Rita McNeil would do. <laughs> okay, I, I, I can't argue that. Uh, somebody texting in, what time is Daryl Sador on? He is scheduled to be on at 7.30. Christoph says the Red Blacks will win 32-24. Harry says it'll be 37-36 stamps. That would be a beauty. I will keep reading out your predictions as we go along tonight, and Kellen and I will make ours. We are both 2-2 two and two so far in terms of picking winners in the CFL playoffs. Neither one of us has been uh, close enough to the actual score to nail down an extra point. Hey, Nate Ajay for your Edmonton Eskimos. He's our special Grey Cup Festival reporter. He'll join us after the 7 o'clock news. And, of course, Daryl Sador at 730. 630Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Chad.